Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presents Ex Nihilo with Father Martin Wen and Steve Bucklin, a program that is seeking to lead young adults to Christ and to enkindle a deeper faith that is fully alive. Now, here are your hosts. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to our weekly podcast for Faith Fit Radio. This is your host, Father Martin. And your co-host, Steve Buckland. Welcome to Nothingness again. So glad, we're both so glad that you could join us in Nothing. And out of Nothing, we shall produce this podcast this week. So we hope that you are doing well with your Lenten journey. And hopefully you still remember the theme of the season, conversion. Exactly, yep. And hopefully all of your resolutions for Lent, uh, you're still going strong, haven't fallen off the bandwagon yet, like I have. That mine lasted like two days, and that was it. So, but I'm trying again. So every day that I fall off the bandwagon, I just try again. Steve, you make me sad. Why? No, not really. You just inspired kidding. me just to continue to try. <laughs> he inspires me to fall off the wagon. Oh, hey! hey. Somebody just jumped right in before the How introduction. How did you know I'd given up alcohol for Lent at least 13 times so far? <laughs> <laughs> oh, congratulations! Good Every day it's a new experience. It's oh, wonderful. Good so Lord. that you've heard the the sound of our special guest this week. We have Father Mark. He's special. Um, he's in a very he is very special. He comes down to us from uh, Leesburg, Florida, which is next door to the villages. For any of you who have a maps uh, or MapQuest, uh, and no one uses MapQuest anymore. They use Google Maps. You use Google Maps. I think. I don't know. I use You knew GPS. what MapQuest was, which yes, was troubling. Was... That was really just a test, folks. <laughs> <laughs> well, Father Mark and I have known each other for over 10 years, and he has always served as a, a great inspiration for me, and so it is a great joy for us to have you here, Father Mark. Well, thank you. It's nice to be here, and I appreciate the fact that you actually acknowledge the fact that you've known me for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> That's very kind of you. Well, <laughs> Most people try to put distance. But... <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> That's great. So, Father Mark, where, where do you hail from? Baltimore, what? Maryland. Baltimore, Maryland. And yes, your current right. home now is Leesburg, Florida. At yes, which parish? At St. Paul. Beautiful St. Nice. Paul. What's the best thing about St. Paul? That we're renovating right now. That sounds like fun. It gives me a lot to uh, understand about conversion, trust me. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. I love a great segue. So our topic today is conversion. Father Mark can be back every week if he's going to hand us off like that. I can do that. So you mentioned Baltimore, Maryland. So how long have you been a priest? I have been a priest. It'll be nine years in May. Nine years? Yes. Wow. And what were you doing before you were called to priesthood? Radio. And television. Really? Yes. Excellent. So this podcast should be perfect, right? Oh, it should be, but we have many editors that will make sure that it is. <laughs> right. Yeah, the only difference between when you were in television and radio on this is they actually had, like, real equipment, a studio, people who knew what they were doing. Other than that, it's the same. Well, currently it's we pretty are pretty much in... the same as it was when I was working there, too. <laughs> so when we... you were in radio, what, what format? Were you on air, or did you produce, or were you DJ? I, DJ I, Mark? I was a DJ, yes, I, yes. I started, I started uh, at a country music radio station. Oh, yes. I did country music, I did Top 40, I did underground rock and roll, where you always had to kind of sound like you were 
on some other substances. <laughs> what? So underground? Is that like uh, underground classic rock? Underground modern rock? Well, back then it was just underground. It was just underground. Now it would be classic rock. Now it's classic rock. <laughs> right. Do you remember WHFS in Baltimore? Of course. Of course. The I best was... radio station, 99.1 of all time. I always wanted to work there, but I worked for their competitor, WKTK. Oh, did you know Weasel? I did. <laughs> I met him once and was also called Weasel all through college. So, you very know, nice. You know, now, we've told a lot of podcast land in the dust, because if yes. you're not from D.C., Baltimore, you have and you're no not idea at least 40, you have about. no idea what they, they have this little poor child from a third world country completely lost. That's well, okay. There's this thing called a radio, and if you if you had one, if you turn it on, you turn it. You might get music and sounds and voices come through it. It's magical. It's like a little magic box that can take you away to places you've never even imagined. Uh, and television is a little box where you see pictures. We and still you we still stuff. write on rocks. Well, that's your problem, not mine. <laughs> Are those well, hard to email? <laughs> well, let's let's focus. Let's focus, people. Now, Father Mark, you would be what we consider a later vocation, and you were quite successful in your career in your, in radio. Uh, so the big question is, what inspired you to uh, look into a rather radical choice of life, that is to say? Oh, it was radical. Way radical. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're going from, like... I mean, that's that's an incredibly radical choice. You're going from media, mass market media, where kind of the focus is on, on purely worldly things, right? So it's on what makes me feel good, what makes me super happy in, mm -hmm. in a very uh, temporal sense. And then you're making this radical, like, super turn mm -hmm. towards something more authentic and real. So what caused you very to fall true. off that wagon? <laughs> fall off the secular <laughs> wagon. That's right. <laughs> Well, there were any number of things. Um, uh, a lot of what happened during my life in radio and television, um, the closest thing I got to church on uh, while I was anywhere from 18 to about 40, 45, was uh, running the Hour of Power from the Crystal Cathedral on the radio station. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> right. Which I used to love to listen to, and then completely ignore. Right. So it was one of those things where uh, there wasn't... Uh, I was raised Catholic. I went through Catholic grade school. I knew what was going on. I was told pretty much that I was going to hell. And there was no redemption for me. So That was a very pastoral pastor you had. No, it wasn't the pastor. Was it oh. a nun? Was it? Was it, it was some of my instructors in grade school. Let's put it that way. Hmm. Um, and so I figured if I'm going to hell, I'm going to have a good time getting there. <laughs> Amen to that. Oh, wow. <laughs> so you know what? We have something in common because my You're pastor, going to hell too? No, 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 no. Oh. My pastor, when I was growing up, one time in confession, called me the devil. There wow. you go. <laughs> you must be related to my brother. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go back to your story. Okay, so anyway, um, like I said, I was I didn't have whole lot of use for church and it took me quite a while it took me 30 years approximately um i'm not going to go into all of the gory details because they would only be edited out let's suffice it to say that one day i woke up and realized that there was something radically missing in my life mm -hmm. and 
I had been trying to fill that hole with a whole lot of things that don't satisfy, as we well know. And I went back to church. And I walked into the cathedral in Baltimore one day. Um, hadn't had never been in that church at all. I walked in, found the uh, sacristy, and stuck my head in and asked if there was a priest around. So I hadn't been to confession for a bazillion years. And uh, there was. And we wound up in uh, Cardinal Keeler's private office where I made my confession for the first time in about 30 years. Wow. And it was a trip. Wow. Still a very so there's there's some conversion for you. <laughs> <laughs> now, it is a radical step from, you know, living one form of life to another, and it must not be very easy transitioning. It Actually, it wasn't as hard as I thought it would be. Okay. Um, now, granted, I had a, a nice condo in Mount Washington. Um, you'll have to look it up. Um, <laughs> on MapQuest. On MapQuest, that's right. You know, I, I had a, a, a job where I was making a lot of money, um, but it was one of those things where I had actually gone on vacation one day, um, took like a week and a half off, and when I got back, my pastor says, comes to me and says, where the heck have you been? I said, well, gee, Father, I didn't know I had to get your permission to go on vacation. Well, what's the problem? And he said, well, come into my office. So we go sit behind his desk, and one of, one of the talents that I have is being able to read upside down. So I'm reading this thing while he's telling me about this wonderful event they're going to have. And it was a vocation awareness weekend. Mm -hmm. But it was for people 18 to 35, and I was way past that. Um, I didn't fit any of the criteria. And I said, why are you even bothering with this? And plus, it was about four weeks after the deadline to send names in for this thing. And I said, why are you bothering with this? He said, don't worry about it if... Um, you know, if you, it's by invitation only. If you get an invitation, you get an invitation. If you don't, don't worry about it. I forgot about it. Months later, and I mean probably close to nine months later, the uh, in my mailbox is a letter from the Archdiocese of Baltimore. And I opened it up and said, Dear Mark, thank you so much for your interest. You know, we expect to see you here, there. And I went, oh, man, are you kidding me? Uh, so I figured, well, this is going to be fun. This is now, there. The, the, the weekend was like a week before Christmas or something. Now, when you work in television, I was working in television at that point, you don't get time off around then. I thought, well, this is great. I'm going to go to my boss. I'm going to ask him for time off, and he's going to say no. So I went into my boss's office and I said, you know, I got this and, you know, they want me to be there and blah, 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 blah. And he said, oh, I think that's a great idea. <laughs> you can't see my face, but let's say it was crestfallen. How's that for a word? Look that up, too. Um, but that's, he was a good Catholic. I did not know this. He said, I think that would be a great idea. And he gave me the time off. So I went on this retreat. Wow. And when I walked into the, the seminary, I was at the seminary, St. Mary's Seminary in Baltimore, I felt like I was home. Hmm. And I thought, this is really going to be painful, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a painful conversion. 
<laughs> Darn, I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. But it was it was it was very comfortable. I kind of got adopted by one of the seminarians, and and he is a, a friend of mine to this day, um, Father Jim Sora. That's a whole other story. Um, but it it was just one of those things where this this just feels right. Um, unfortunately, the Archdiocese of Baltimore did not quite. How do I put this gently? did not quite see the value in an older vocation. Mm, interesting. Um, so I, they, they sent me to see a psychologist, or a psychiatrist, because I figured the vocation director wanted the psychiatrist to tell him, stay away from him, he's nuts, which I am. But yeah, I admit We it. know. I admit that right up front. That's why we invited you. There we you don't go. invite sane guests. Oh, good. Well, I can be here every week. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> The problem um, is, which one of you are we going to get? Well, you never know. That, you know, that's always... I want to take over for Father Martin. <laughs> no! Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so they sent me to the psychiatrist, and he, he was also a priest. He sent me up with three one-hour sessions, and after the first one, he said, I'm canceling the other two sessions. I thought, oh, I am crazy as I thought I was. <laughs> he said, if you want to be a priest, I will back you 100%. I said, okay. You know, what wow. Do you, what do you say to that? Uh, that was a very interesting affirmation from someone who had never met me before, and in less than an hour says, yes, you can be a priest. Wow. So I went back to the vocation director, and the vocation director said something along the lines of, you're not what we're looking for. And that was it. Wow. And I, so, It would be hard-pressed to find a vocation director now who would say that. I can't even imagine well, I, that. I'll fill you in. I come to find it. See, the vocation director was there, and then this other priest was sitting there. And after he told me that... He got up and walked out, and I turned to this other priest and said, what do I do now, and who are you? <laughs> <laughs> he said, well, I'm the incoming vocation director. And I said, okay, so do I apply to you? He says, no, once, once they have made the decision that, no, yeah. you're pretty much done. I said, okay, so what am I supposed to do now? So we started talking. Come to find out this priest knew my ex-girlfriend. Small world. Small world after all. Funny that I wound up here. Um, so, you know, we talked and he told me, you know, go you know, hang out at the seminary, talk to vocation directors, you know, do a vocation weekend with them, see if there's any interest. Um, so I did. And I, I talked to a few people. I went to went on a weekend with the guys from Delaware, which is right next to yep. um, Baltimore and has actually has the Eastern Shore, um, which I love to spend time at the beach. So I figured, well, this might be that. But it, it didn't feel right. Mm -hmm. um, went to a couple of different places. And, you know, it was fine, but it wasn't just didn't feel didn't right. Didn't fit. Didn't fit. Um, so, I'm, so now half of me is going, well, good, you can give up on this now and continue in your television career. And the other half of me is going, but, you know, I really think I'm supposed to be doing this. So I was sending emails out, you know, to 
anybody and everybody. I always told people when I retired I was going to go somewhere warm. I worked outside as a news <clears throat> photographer, a sports photographer. Winters were not fun. Mm-mm. No, said, not in the Northeast. I'm going to go somewhere warm. California, I always thought I should have been born in California. Texas, somewhere, Florida. I spent time in Miami every spring training. As spring training has just begun, I would be in Miami shooting the Orioles, which was great. So I'm not the birds. <clears throat> Father Mark is very pro birds. He means the baseball team, right? Because <laughs> we're super, we're super environmentally sensitive here. Yes, I am not, however, Franciscan, so it would be okay. I eat birds. Um, anyway. Um, so I'm sorry, you're in Miami <laughs> shooting birds. I'm in, I'm in Miami going hunting. Um, my my head is hurting. <laughs> That's okay. Well, why? We'll have this it explode before this is over. Yeah. Trust me. Um, so anyway, my my last shift at the TV studio, I had to be in at four four a.m. four fifteen a.m. because we had a four twenty five cut in. I sent an email off to Father Tom, who was the vocation director here at that time, at 4.15. I went and did the 4.25 cut-in, and when I came back, there was an answer. And my response was, why are you awake at 4.25 in the morning, and why are you answering emails? And he said, well, I'm, I'm the pastor of this, I'm the chaplain of that, I've got this going on. He said, if I don't answer them before the office opens, I don't answer them. Okay. Long story, even longer. He said, next time you're in Miami, come see me. So, next time I took a vacation. Now, I am geographically challenged, so I looked at Miami. I looked at Orlando. I said, how how bad could it be? I didn't realize it was all those four hours from one to the other, so I borrowed a friend of mine's car, drove from Miami, actually found, this is before MapQuest, the old, in the olden days, before GPSs. Right. There was actually fold-up maps, Father Martin, and yeah. from Exxon. Yes. And I was not good at reading them. <laughs> Being geographically challenged. <laughs> he still uses a GPS. Just I, oh, I do now. Absolutely. I couldn't find the chancery if I didn't have a GPS. <laughs> and he goes down here about once a, once a week, people. Pretty much. But So I've actually found... St. Charles Borromeo, uh, talk to Father Tom, um, he takes me into an office. I always wind up in these places, you know, <laughs> Archbishop, uh, the Archbishop's office, I wind up in the Bishop's office, Father Tom. Now, Father Tom and I had never spoken face to face the first time I met him. We talked for about two minutes, he gets up and walks out, the door opens and in comes the Bishop. Wow. Well, it would have been the Archbishop, right? No, no, no. no, Here. Bishop Dorsey. Bishop Dorsey. Dorsey. Wow. He sits down. We have a wonderful conversation because he spent some time in Baltimore. He knew some of the places I knew, and we talked. And he says, well, thank you you very much, blah, blah, blah. He gets up and walks out, and I'm looking to see if the door is going to open again and see if anybody else is coming in, and nothing. And so I walk out, and I'm like, I don't know if you ever knew the old chancery. No. This is by the school, isn't it? Uh, yes. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. yes, I do. Yes. Okay. Yeah, down, well, down around the school. It's a, right. a lot of movable walls and that yeah. kind of stuff. And I'm going, hello, <laughs> is anybody home? <laughs> Father Tom comes out and says, oh, you done? I said, I guess. He 
said, you spend a good deal of time with him. I said, okay. He said, well, most people get about 10 minutes. And I, I, we probably talked for about half hour, 40 mm. minutes. Or so. Wow. I said, is this a good thing or a bad thing? He says, I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and everything I asked Father Tom was funny. He said, I don't know. And finally, said, well, what do you know? He says, I don't know. <laughs> you talk to the bishop. He, he, Father Tom said, he did comment on your earring, however. I used to have a little silver cross in my ear oh. that I totally forgot about. And I said, oh, so is that going to... Is that going to be a deal breaker? He says, I don't know. I said, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Um, and so I hung around for a little while. I spent a couple of days. And uh, at one point, he asked me to help him um, take vestments from somewhere. They borrowed the vestments from the, the cathedral. So I walked back, and I've got an armful of vestments. And here's the bishop, Monsignor um, Caverly, I believe. All the big wigs of the diocese are in the in the in the chancery, just kind of laughing and goofing off. And Bishop Dorsey says, "So, Mark, are you a little more comfortable now?" Because I, I don't you know. Let's face it, I was a little nervous. I didn't know I was going to be meeting the bishop. <laughs> I said, "Well, I I was until now because Father Tom said, oh, this is this and this is this.'" He says, "Oh, don't worry about it. You know, blah blah blah." So we put stuff in. Next day, um, Father Tom called me and said, are you sitting down? <laughs> I said, should I be? <laughs> I don't know. Because at this point, I've had several rejection letters and just, you know, verbal, no, don't bother. Right. Um, and he said, well, I just talked to the bishop. And he said that if you want to be a priest for the Diocese of Orlando, he'd be happy to have you. That's like, what? What do I do with that? <laughs> right. I mean, I'm in tears. I call my mother. She, my mother's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> my mother. Who's my, on the phone? That's right. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> my mother is like Augustine's mother. <laughs> oh. You know? Um, and when I told her that I was going to try to pursue this, she's like, who are you and what have you done with my son? Because <laughs> she knew. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah, moms know everything. Moms know. Um, so I called her and said, this might actually happen. And when she picked herself up off the floor, I was like, okay, this, this will be cool. So, and then you were on I, the road. Then I had to sell my condo, you know, get rid of Everything. 30 years of stuff and rearrange my life. And, and the whole time I'm going... Are you sure? <laughs> oh, God, you remember me? And you're, and you're still sure. Okay. Now, there were many times in the seminary I'd stand out. We have down Boynton Beach, the, the back part we call Sunset Strip. Mm -hmm. I used to stand out there and go, Are you sure? Still? <laughs> Honestly, you still want me to do it? Okay. And every time I asked that question, something told me, Yes, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Was and it, here you are. Was it Father Quijano smoking in the back and just tell you, Mark, it's... I don't it's think... Real. No, no, because the, there was no accent. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, it was not Father Quijano. All right, all right. So, um... <laughs> what boy, do you say to that? I, I don't know. I kind of like uh, Father Mark's conversion story. 
A little better than yours, actually. Most certainly. Wow. It is beautiful, though. I'm just kidding. They're both beautiful, just different. But yeah. it's it's well, amazing you... because, you know, you everybody kind of comes. I think people, when you, no matter where you are kind of in your journey, people come to Christ in different times and different reasons. And it takes, a diff, you know, because everyone's on their own trip, it takes different amounts of time to get there. And we talked about that last week with the RCIA that, you know, Three minutes. I'm sorry. WeCat has just interrupted us with uh, hand signals. We're now 82 so, minutes into this podcast. <laughs> Is that all? That's it. Somebody get the holy hand grenade. Maybe we can count down from six. <laughs> WeCat is great with fact check, but he is not good with numbers. Right. So we're Finger actually numbers. now in the Finger numbers. 24th minute. We're in the seventh minute of the podcast. That's great. Okay, so we got time. So, so you it just you never know. I mean, you, you know. You have, so when your time from the time from your first confession from going back to confession until you were accepted into seminary in the diocese of Orlando was about how long ish? Uh, let's see, about three years. About three years. Three years. Yes, because you know when I uh, even though I had gone back to church and everything, mm. becoming a priest was not on my radar. Mm -hmm. Right, you know, but there were things. I actually went to my uh, back to my parish and registered to be in the RCIA program for a brush-up class. Wow! And my pastor said, "Now I tell you what, you'll be a sponsor for the. I'm going to assign you this person, so you're going to have to be here anyway. <laughs> so, you know, right. sponsor this person through RCIA, and That's you know, awesome. thing, things like that kept happening." Um, telling the people at work that I was going to be leaving to go in the seminary, I really thought was going to be weird. Particularly coming into TV radio, which is not like the holiest of places. No, it's not. But like I said, my, my boss was a good Catholic, and he started it, and the people that I told, the, it, it's, it always amazes me that the people you think you know how they're going to react just don't mm -hmm. we had we had a uh, old curmudgeony dude that i worked with that i good guy and and helped me a lot taught me a lot in television sound and you name it he just not one of those people you think just didn't give you the impression that they had anything going on religiously or whatnot i told him and he says it's about time you figured this out. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Where did that come from? Right. He says, oh, yeah. I, I knew, when you first got here, I thought you should be doing that. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Always the last We'll go know. with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, when I told my, my family, my, my older sister and I went to the same grade school. She hated it. Hated it. We had T-shirts that said, I survived Catholic school, okay? <laughs> Feminist, you know, just polar opposite from the Catholic Church, blah, blah, blah. I figure, I tell her, her head's going to explode. She was the last one I told. And when I told her, she said, you know, I think it's really good that you're finally doing something that's going to make you happy. Well, you know, again... What do you say to that? <laughs> and just, the head I that said, exploded was yours. Yes. I'm like, <laughs> what? 
because I had already been, you know, I had all my arguments ready and, you know, all, all this. <laughs> and she just said, yeah, okay, good. All right, great. But the story is, is come from. It's I just don't know. like so full of surprises. And <laughs> just like is, my life. The thing is, <laughs> if Father Mark did not like the title of this podcast, Shut Up and Listen, to that restlessness in his heart, perhaps he would never have gone to that radical step of, you know, leaving behind the world of quote unquote success and pleasures and happiness to choose something that the world would not consider as normal, would not consider as um, something altogether worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not as fashionable. It's just, you know. And at, at that time, I came in, I started seminary in 2002, right at the height of all the scandals. And my friends were going, why on earth would you want to do that now? Said, why not now? Right. Right. <laughs> why not I mean, now? Yeah. There's plenty Are people going to give me about... grief? Absolutely. Right. And there's plenty of stories about those things happening. Now, it was particularly magnified then, but there's no industry that doesn't have that. I mean, right. you, you know, every other month it seems like they're arresting teachers and this sting or that sting, and yet people still want to be teachers. Good people still need to answer mm-hmm. the call to various vocations. And so right. if, if because of a few bad apples all the good people turn away, then we're in trouble. So Yes. Yes. Well, we thank God you said yes. And in the mm-hmm. 10 years that I've known for the mark, uh, for a few summers, he served as my uh, spiritual director. And if you ever meet him, you see that he has little hair and they're all white. That's all because of me. I take credit for that. Yes, I had a full head of hair when I started this. But uh, but in many conversations that I had with Father Mark, he has tremendous insights about what it means to follow the Lord, what it means to continue to take this pathway of conversion. So what advice would you give to our young adults audience, those who are listening to this podcast? Living in a world where there's so many different directions, there's so many pools from uh, pleasure, success, money, power, all these things that we believe that would bring us happiness, but then not quite because we leave we are left with a lot of uh, unhappiness. What would you, what insights would you share with our listeners? I would say if, if there's something, if it seems like there's something missing, you may want to explore getting a, more, a little more Jesus in your life. And I know that sounds so trite, <clears throat> you know, it's, but it's the truth, you know, because we don't think about, and it's something as simple as saying a prayer in the morning. You know, I tell a lot of my penitents, I, I give prayer cards as penances so they have something to hold on to. So put it on your mirror. You know, first thing in the morning, even if you're half dead, you're brushing your teeth, you say a prayer. You started your day in prayer. When you're brushing your teeth before you go to bed, you say the prayer. You've started and ended your day in prayer. Little things like that will help to give you uh, a little more insight. Ask God, what He wants you to do, you know, we forget about that. I never, I had never been told that. Ask God what He wants me to do. I always knew what I was going to do, <laughs> and every time I thought I knew what I was going to do, it was wrong. Even when I was trying to do good, sometimes it came out wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you ask the Lord to be with you in everything that you do, are you still going to mess it up? Yes, we're human. 
Okay? None of us is perfect. Except Father Martin. I'm Asian. We're practically perfect. Ay, ay, ay. There's some conversion that needs to happen. <laughs> don't, uh, don't you don't, have that little sign that says, you know, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way? That's describing me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Alrighty oh, then. I'm sure oh, that's who Waylon Jennings wrote that song for. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Please do go back to your beautiful insights. Well, the other thing I was going to say was conversion isn't a one-time deal. That's true. I was you just know, going to ask is... you that next question because choosing to follow Christ, choosing follow, following the good thing isn't always successful. What if you fall down along the way and then you, you keep falling down over and over and over again? And what's next? Sainthood. Mm. This is very good news for me and my Lenten troubles. So evidently Absolutely. I'm meant to be the patron saint of beer. <laughs> Maybe maybe St. Augustine's going to drop light, a title. Light beer or... <laughs> no. I tell um, my parishioners all the time, sainthood is not floating on the ground with your hands folded and a little halo around you and the angels going, ah. Sainthood is falling down, screwing up, getting dirty, picking yourself up, dusting yourself off, going to reconciliation and trying again. You read the story of the saints, they weren't saints. 99% of them were not born saints. They were born just like us. Sinners. Sinners. And they sin. Look at Augustine's life. Look at St. Paul's life. You know, we have ideas of what we think we are supposed to be doing, and they are quite often, in my case, wrong. <laughs> so conversion goes on and on and on. You know, it's it's in everyday life. There is something every day I learn something that I've been doing wrong or I've had the wrong opinion about. It, it, it's not if it was a switch we could flip, that would be great. But we're called to be holy. We're called to be saints. And the only way you can do that is by screwing it up once in a while. Amen. Amen. Indeed. What a lovely way to end, too. So just remember, folks, you can't make an omelet without breaking some eggs. <laughs> and eggs are safe to eat on Fridays in Lent. That is, unless you're from the Eastern Church, I suppose. Uh, but so we, we will end this podcast on this note, and we wish you a happy week, and remember to smile often, because God loves you. Amen. God bless. FaithFit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presented Ex Nihilo with Father Martin Wen and Steve Buckland. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast at faithfitradio.org and tune in next time. May you be blessed with peace and joy.